Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cedar in Cyprus podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Allison. Today, we are going to be talking about some really sad things, to be totally honest. We're going to be talking about grief and loss and mourning, but we are going to kind of throw in some, I mean, what I would say is fun stuff, Um, some like fun studying of scripture, some exegesis, if you will. So we're going to look at some uh, words in the Greek and the Hebrew language and the original language that uh, scripture was written in. Um, And we're just going to kind of do a little word study on that. Um, We just thought that this was a relevant topic nowadays, just because this is something that even if you haven't experienced um, like a big event previously to these last couple of years regarding these issues, you probably did experience them to some capacity just during the last couple of years with everything that was going on in the world. Um, so we just thought this was a relevant topic. We're going to kind of go into it, discuss some of our um, personal experiences with grief and loss. But before we get started with that, we got to start off light here. We just got here. So right. um, Allison, what was the best part of your week? Okay, so the best part of my week, I'm assuming is probably going to be the same as yours because we were able to meet up us four. So us two and our husbands were able to share an Airbnb and meet up in Lynchburg for a weekend, had a really fun time. We went to a coffee shop, really good burger place, and kind of just hung out at the cabin for most of it. It felt like Mm -hmm. it went way too short. Like we didn't have time to do our hike and some of the other things we had planned. I feel like you and I just like thought we would have so much more time than we did, but I had an awesome weekend. Yeah. It was, it was really, really fun. It was really fun. What if that was just like, not the best part of my week? I'm like, yeah, that was fun, (laughs) but something else. (laughs) Going back home, leaving and going but, home was the yeah. favorite part. <laughs> so my favorite heart part was when I got home from that <laughs> No. Um, yes, that was also my favorite part. Surprise, surprise. Um, I love just like little weekend getaways. I feel like they're so fun just to kind of break up the routine, get out of town for a little while, just do something different. Um, so I thought it was so fun, but yeah, it was funny though, because I think, yeah, we had this idea that we would have so much time, but then at the same time, we even had a conversation about like, we don't want this trip though, to be super filled with things because we don't want to come back just like utterly exhausted either. I always think the mountains are closer to like any area over by where we were. Like, I always think that they're closer than they are. And they always end up being like an hour further away yeah. from home. So it's like, it's uh, sometimes it's worth it, but not really if you're going to be there for a night. Yeah. So next time we'll just have to plan another one. Yeah. We'll have to plan another one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the most fun part was just chilling at the cabin and talking. I think that's what we yeah. spent almost all of our time doing anyway. Also because our husbands were meeting for the first time. So there's just a lot to talk right. about. We we just that had to true. catch up, you know? We did. Yeah. And honestly, if you guys didn't know, Allison and I live in two different places. Yeah. Um, we probably so we should have mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. We actually live in two different states. So yeah. it was fun just to like meet up and like yeah. hang out in person for once. Cause we're usually hanging out like over FaceTime or something. So. Exactly. All right. Well, jumping into today's topic. Um, so we kind of just wanted to explain a little bit like 
why we want to do this specific word. Cause at first we had thought of just doing a word study period. Like we just kind of wanted to um, look into some scripture and, and look into specific words in the Bible and their original language and what the context is like just that kind of stuff. And we decided on this word specifically um, mostly because over the past two years, I think it's safe to say everyone in the world has experienced so much loss. Um, There's just been so many things that have gone on with the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, You know, we missed out on experiences, plans, trips. There were canceled events, weddings, parties, holidays, family gatherings, so many things. And then there was, you know, everything happening with the election and there was a lot of polarization happening with that. And it probably damaged some relationships. You might have even lost some relationships or maybe had someone kind of cut out of your life. So there was a lot of that. We (laughs) experienced possibly even death or loss of loved ones to sickness or accidents, accidents, (laughs) accidents, or just other circumstances. (laughs) I feel like I've done that before. I don't know why. Oh, like it's like it's before. like adding a plural onto a plural. I totally I'm with you. Accidents is this, this <laughs> and other circumstances this is this, this. So <laughs> like that's not funny. And I'm like, <laughs> anyway, I promise I respect anyone who has gone through that. Yeah. So there's just been a lot of loss yeah. recently within the past couple of years, whether we think we've experienced it or not. Um, I think it's safe to say that we all have to some capacity, some more than others. Yeah. And I think it's important that before we even get started on this topic that we talk about what we can grieve and what the things that we can mourn in our life, because it's not always just the death of a loved one. Now, I would say that's probably the deepest grief that you can experience and Mm -hmm. the deepest hurt that you can go through. But there are a lot of things that we grieve that aren't necessarily like losing a loved one to death. Like we can grieve experience in our lives, expectations we had for ourselves, dreams even. I know that even for me, I've had to grieve dreams I've had for my career and things like that. Just that there's a lot of different things in this world that are imperfect and are disappointing. And that if we go in with the wrong mindset, we might never faithfully or healthily grieve an experience or something that we've lost because we don't think of it in that way. Yeah. That's totally okay too. Cause even for me, actually, I think both of us got married in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we got married during the height of the pandemic. There are so many things I thought my wedding would look like that I had yeah. to let go of and grieve in a healthy manner. Sometimes I handled it well, sometimes I didn't, but there's just yeah, there's there's dreams that don't always turn out. And that's definitely a part of of the mourning and loss process for each of us. Like personally, for me, I'm kind of walking out of a dark period of my life. So since January, my family on both sides actually have actually lost several people to cancer. So I think about three people that my family is really close to, and then my husband's family mm-hmm. lost to cancer. And within that span as well, I had a family member that experienced a miscarriage and we were just so, so excited for that baby. So it really it hit all of us pretty hard. And that's one too, where it's crazy because you haven't met, you haven't met the baby, but there's just so many things that you still have to grieve and go through yeah. to let go of that. And I mean, this, 
we didn't even, you know, why that happened. And that's going to be one of the hard things too, that we're going to talk about that. We don't always know why we have to experience those things. And this is not on par at the level of any of those losses, but even then we had our family pet die within that span. And that's just another loss to top it off. Just another thing you kind of have to wade through mentally because Mm -hmm. it was the first pet that we had all gotten right after we moved back to the United States. So it was just collectively, my family was just going through loss after loss after loss. And just to say that walking back out of a dark place, you can kind of look back and see the different ways that you handled things, how you can you know, do better next time and also know how to support other people going through it. And, you know, as I reflect back on these past couple months, I realized I learned so much about myself and how I deal with grief and also how others do as well. So I just think it's really important for us to take time to stop in our lives and to recognize those periods that are really, really hard. And then also talk about why the Bible speaks to those things. Yeah. Because it's, it, God is not silent on that. He has, he has so much to say about those things that we're going to experience. Yeah. It is a very relevant topic in scripture for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, I've experienced like some type of loss and grief as well within the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, thankfully we didn't really, I didn't have anyone pass away in my family specifically, but we did um, like experience loss in my husband's family. So that was really hard. Yeah. And yeah, I think just just loss of like dreams and expectations that I had for those couple of years. And not that they weren't, you know, overall like beautiful, wonderful time in my life, especially like getting married and experiencing marriage for the first time, obviously. But just in, I think in my career for sure, that was like a big, Mm. a big thing for me because I, I kind of jumped around from different jobs and stuff, and I ended up in the one that I'm in now, um, <laughs> which was hard for me to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just like I just I think when you when you think about graduating college and like getting your full time job afterwards, you think of it being like everything you ever dreamed. Like you're just like, yes, I'm gonna like do something. I'm gonna feel so fulfilled. I'm gonna make a difference. And like I think so many young adults think that way, and then you kind of get into your first job out of college, and you're like, oh, this is not what I thought it was gonna be. And it took a long time to kind of adjust to. Mm-hmm my reality versus my expectation and kind of joining those together. So yeah, I think we've all learned a lot about ourselves and how we have grieved different losses, whether big or small, you know, whether family uh, loss, like loss of a loved one, or just whether loss of, you know, expectations or dreams or um, things that we had thought would be a certain way. And they turned out completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we've just seen so much loss and suffering, all around us these past mm-hmm. couple of years with everything. So um, we're going to kind of look at what the Bible has to say about grief and mourning. So we kind of wanted to jump into a little word study on these words, because I do think it's really important to kind of go back to the original language and see um, how did the Bible define these words um, and what did they mean when they were first written about in scripture? So for instance, the word grief uh, in the Greek is lupe, which translates to pain of body or mind, grief and sorrow. 
Um, so this word is used specifically in the New Testament several times, like for instance, in Luke 22, 45, John 16, 2 Corinthians, etc. So we see this word mentioned several times, meaning that it's pretty prominent in scripture. Like it's definitely mentioned a good amount of times. It's talked about a good amount of times in different situations. Um, and the word in the Hebrew, so in the Old Testament is koli, which is translates to sickness. Now, Hebrew is a little bit different than Greek, I will say. Um, Greek is a little bit more concrete in how it's translated, whereas Hebrew is like one word could be translated in different contexts and mean relatively the same thing, but not the exact same word, if that makes sense. So for instance, the word koli, which translates to sickness, that's you know how the word is translated in, in Isaiah 53, for example. But if you look at the word morning in Hebrew, which is kadar, um, it actually translates as to be dark, strangely mm. enough. <laughs> wow. Um, so the verb is used throughout the Old Testament to describe like darkness looming in or coming in, like uh, we see in First Kings 18.45, as well as morning, like in Job uh, 5.11 or Psalm 38, um, just to give some references in case you ever want to like pause after we say one of those and just kind of look them up to yeah. see what we're talking about. One resource, hmm. one resource that's actually really, really helpful with any kind of word study, just to see like what the Bible says about something or what it says in the original language is called Bible Hub um, or Blue Bible. Those are both yeah. like super great resources to see like, what was this originally written as? What was it translated as? What's the context? And you can find like whole word studies there. Yeah. I'll make sure to link those resources below in mm -hmm. our description and all the, all the verses that we looked at will be referenced as well. So you are more than welcome to look at those on your own and dive even deeper. But I actually thought something was so interesting when you were going over those two words in the Greek and the Hebrew, where Greek is talking about the pain of body or mind. Mm -hmm. and where Hebrews talking about it being sickness because that's yeah. so interesting to me that there's a really strong correlation to physically your state that you're going through when you're going through grief because um I mentioned a little earlier I learned a lot about myself in this last period of mourning and grief and I remember essentially a lot of the things that a lot of the loss in the news that I heard about kind of came through like a Wednesday or Thursday. So I kind mm -hmm. of pushed through the, the weekend and I kept trying to go to work just because I wanted a sense of normalcy. I didn't want to just stop everything and take off time. And I got through probably the next Thursday ish. And I just felt so physically sick, like extremely yeah. exhausted. I was getting a pretty normal amount of sleep and I was still doing my workouts and just all the normal things. I wasn't eating less, but regardless of that, the emotional things I was going through had such a strong toll on my body that I just felt so sick and exhausted, which I ended up having to take time off because it just felt terrible. And it's just so interesting and so true that what your mind is going through can really manifest itself physically mm -hmm. as well. So your body might give you signals. Hey, you're going oh, yeah. through a really rough time. For sure. Stress has such a crazy impact on your body. Like, um, and obviously when you're experiencing grief or you're mourning something, mm -hmm. you're usually like, like it does come out in physical ways. Like a lot of times yeah. that can look like, you know, weeping, <laughs> crying, you know, like we see even in scripture, a lot of times they'll talk about like weeping, um, like tearing their clothes, you know, mm -hmm. in 
uh, grief. Um, you know, they'll talk about wailing, like just, just really like at the end of your rope kind of like grief that's happening. Um, and that of course still happens today with several things that happen in our lives, but it really does, you know, manifest itself physically. Like what you're saying, you can really see it. Cause even if it's not like a symptom, like that's attached to emotions. Like for instance, if you start crying, it's usually attached to an emotion, like an emotion triggers your tears. But sometimes we don't even realize like how stressed or how, you know, how much grief we're experiencing until we see it start to develop physically. Like we'll kind of just, I know for me, like one of my, one of the things I'm working on (laughs) in life is trying not to push down emotions so that eventually they just like overflow and explode because I have a very bad habit, as I know many people do, of just constantly like pushing down emotions and not wanting to acknowledge them, not wanting to work through them at first to the point where like eventually they'll just kind of explode. Um, So like if I'm disappointed about something, for instance, or I'm really upset about something that is continuous, like I'll constantly just push down the disappointment until one day it's just like, it feels like my life is ending, (laughs) Um, which of course it's not. And that sounds overdramatic, but if you've ever been through this, you know what I mean? Where you just keep pushing it down until you feel like, you know, it's so much of a bigger deal than it ever was like um, moment by moment, because it all just wells up into one big thing that definitely happens with grief as well. And then sometimes we don't see it until it starts to show in physical symptoms, like we start to feel physically ill or we lose our appetite or our hair falls out, like things like that, where it just kind of starts to show itself physically. Yeah. It's also really interesting too, that like outward physical acts are ways that you can express your grief. And we'll talk about that actually pretty soon when you were mentioning the tearing of clothing and things like that. So it's one way the physical realm could be an outlet for, but it's also a way that we can push down our grief too. For example, you can push down your grief with food, like stuffing down your emotions. Uh, The opposite spectrum of that is whenever you're upset, just working out a ton to the point where you don't mentally deal with your problems. You just always go for a run instead of actually thinking through things Mm -hmm. and dealing with what you're going through. There's so many ways that we can also use the physical realm to shove things away. Another one is with depression, I've personally experienced this too, just sleeping for hours and hours and hours, because if you're not awake, you don't have to deal with things. And then there's also drugs and alcohol and substances, ways that you can alter your body state and your mind state in order to escape things, if even just for a little bit. So really important to recognize we can use the physical outward actions to be healthy with our reactions and responses, or we can fall into different traps and just to be aware of them and maybe know what yours might tend to be so that you can look out for it and remind yourself, Hey, like we need to take a moment. We need to find a better outlet, things like that. So I did mention some of the grief customs and Liv mentioned them a little bit as well. So in ancient culture and especially Jewish culture, we see in the Bible, different ways that people would represent that they're going through something that is causing them to mourn or to lament. So in Job, the first chapter, not going to read the whole first chapter, but as a quick summary, essentially everything's taken away from Job. His children are killed. He loses his wealth and his animals. 
and everything that he had. And verse 20 says, Job rose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And that was a physical manifestation of what he was emotionally going through. And then jumping some books forward into Esther, when Mordecai learned that all had been done, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. And he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. That's Esther 4 verse 1. And then two verses later, the Bible says there was a great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. And I'm not going to take the time right now to just jump into all the context of why exactly they were mourning. I really encourage you to jump into that book for yourself. But I'm just bringing these up to say here that there are pretty common themes that you see throughout the Bible of ways that people express that they're going through a period of mourning or a period of grief. Yeah. Something else that I uh, kind of thought about while you were mentioning that too, is uh, also like the changing of your name Hmm. to represent something um, that you're going through. Like for instance, in the book of Ruth, Ruth is with her mother-in-law whose name is uh, Naomi and she has lost uh, her son. Ruth has lost her husband. Mm-hmm. Um, Naomi has also lost her husband and her other son-in-law. Like she's lost a lot of people. They've been through a lot. Um, and so they're returning back to their homeland. And when they get there, basically in Ruth one I'll just read it. It says, mm-hmm. so the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman explained, exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi. She told them, call me Mara because the almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So she tells them to call her Mara. So in the original language in um, the Hebrew, Mara is translated as bitter. Um, So she's basically exclaiming, or exclaiming, explaining. <laughs> I can't talk today. She might have been exclaiming though. She might have been. You don't know. You know what? Yeah, that's right. I she was be. exclaiming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would be. There's an exclamation point there. She was explaining um, just how she felt, you know, at that time in her life. Um, just talking about how she felt like the Lord was afflicting her. And honestly, a lot of times our feelings can reflect that. You know, we feel better. We feel like we've been afflicted. We feel like we've been forsaken. Um, and of course we see later in the story, um, God's faithfulness to her and to Ruth, um, and just how even through loss and grief, he carried them through it and truly provided for them even after that. However, you know, she was explaining that's how she was feeling. And so she literally told people to call her bitter. Basically she was like, don't even call me by my name. Just call me bitter at this point. Okay. So we're going to just kind of jump into, Um, Some morning examples that we see uh, within scripture, Ruth and Naomi, of course, are one example. Um, But just to give a few more, for instance, Israel mourned um, Moses when he died, Um, just like they they mourned several people when they died, Joshua as well. So in Deuteronomy 34, 8, it says, and the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. Um, so this is, you know, when the death of Moses happened um, and Israel began to grieve for him. And the word for Hebrew here is Abel, which is um, translated as mourning. Um, so we can see that there as well. That's interesting because it just kind of reminds me that grief and mourning happen in different ways. 
mm-hmm. it can happen in closed doors with you like laying on your bed, just crying your heart out for someone, but it can also be collective and corporate that you come together with a group of people who knew this person or were impacted by this person. And you just recognize the impact that their life had collectively. Mm-hmm. I recently went to a memorial service for one of the people that I mentioned a little earlier and as absolutely bitter as it was and just so sad and really a dark day to hear people come up and talk about the person who passed away and the impact that was like that she had on their life through Christ was still so beautiful at the same time and mm-hmm. showed how her life was just a witness for Christ and how mourning with people can be really healing as well that you don't have to do it alone and you can and there are times and places to be on your own and to just be alone with God but that you don't have to do it on your own that mourning can be corporate and should be corporate we see a model of that with Israel mourning their leaders so not only are there different mediums and groups in which we can mourn it's also really important to mention that grief is an extremely complex emotion, and it can actually be multiple emotions that are wrapped into one. It can be any combination of anger, sadness, depression, or even like I talked about the bittersweet kind of happiness as you remember that person and the impact that they have on your life. But one example of this that I think is super helpful for us to kind of reference is when David mourned Saul. This is so interesting to me because I had just been going through the Samuels and it it talks about how many times Saul tried to kill David because he knew that his throne was in jeopardy. He tried to kill him over 10 times and David had Mm -hmm. to flee for his life and hide from the world with the help of Jonathan, who was Saul's son. And I don't know about you, but I would not feel positively towards somebody that tried to kill me. But you will see earlier in the story that Saul and David had a more positive relationship at the beginning because David played music for him. He was kind of a servant in the palace and they didn't always have such a bad relationship. So it's been something that had devolved over time. And then Mm -hmm. second Samuel chapter one After he finds out that Saul has been killed in battle, it says in verse 11, David took hold of his clothes and tore them. And so did all the men who were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, and for the people of the Lord, because they had fallen by the sword. It is so interesting to me because if I were David, it would just be such a whirlwind of things I would be feeling that probably anger, a lot of anger about how he had been treated, probably so much grief. I I would think for Jonathan, for all the amazing things and times that Jonathan had saved him and helped him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he must've had also happy memories of when he had first worked in the palace and probably a lot of positive memories of Jonathan, but just a lot of probably trauma as well for the multiple times he had been, it's all, so I'd like thrown a spear at him, like all types of things had happened. And so just a reminder that we see a model in the Bible, a very perfect example of how grief doesn't need to be just one thing. It doesn't have to be clear cut in one moment. You might be feeling anger and the next you might be feeling sadness and you're, you're going to bounce between those different things that it's, it's really complex. There's just, it's a storm of emotions that you would go through. And later in the new Testament, we see also that Jesus mourned Lazarus, even though he knew Lazarus 
would be raised from the dead. Jesus knew he was going to raise him from the dead, but yet Mm -hmm. Jesus still shared in that grief with Mary and Martha and with the people that knew Lazarus, which I think is another really just interesting thing to contemplate that Jesus being God had that emotion, but then also knew exactly what was going to happen. So, I mean, I don't even know what the implication of that is. I just wanted to add (laughs) it because it's kind of hard to wrap my mind around. I don't know. Did you have thoughts on that? I mean, yeah, I think it just kind of adds to the fact that it is complex. It's such a complex thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I could tell you why (laughs) Jesus would (laughs) mourn his friend, you know, other than the fact that, you know, regardless of him being raised, uh, Lazarus, I mean, it's like, it's still a sad thing to see your friend die and to see your friend's family members sad and heartbroken and, you know, all of those things. Um, but yeah, it definitely is a complex emotion. It's not linear. You know, I think that's right. why we always talk about like the stages of grief. Um, cause there's just so many, and there's also so many ways to cope with it. Like so many people cope with it differently. Um, there are healthy ways to cope with it, unhealthy ways to cope with it, but you know, everybody kind of gets through it in their own way. So yeah, it's definitely complex for sure. Yeah. Even, even there, we can see that Jesus mourned as well and that he's not, he's acquainted with our grief. He's not distant from it when you're going through grief, that he's there with you and then he's experienced that. And just one last thing to kind of add to, to how complex grief is too, that when it's not necessarily a death you're mourning, you can also still be switching between those, those different things. Just kind of on a personal note, there was kind of a relationship that I lost within this past year, actually multiple ones kind of where I lost part of relationship because I, I saw some friends walk away from the Christian faith. And so I kind of had to grieve that. And Mm -hmm. that I think is a really perfect example of how anger and sadness and also happiness just all mix in because at the same time that I wanted to hug them and cry with them about the dilemmas they were having in their faith at the exact same moment, I wanted to grab them by the shoulders and just shake them and tell them to wake up. And I was mad at them at the exact same time that I love them so deeply So yeah, if you're experiencing a complete just range of emotions, just know you're not alone in that. And that it's a very, very common thing to the human experience. And then if you're questioning too, whether you should be mourning or if mourning is bad or if you're kind of just pushing yourself to move on as quickly as possible, that the Bible actually teaches contrary to that, that mourning is a necessary part of life, that we're meant to recognize the brokenness in our world. And it's completely natural to grieve someone or something that you've lost. And Matthew 5 verse 4 even tells us, this is from the Beatitudes, Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And the context of this is that Jesus is explaining all the different ways we are supposed to recognize our brokenness, our inadequacy, that we are poor in spirit. We have nothing to bring to the table, but that he's there with us and that he's going to comfort us and be our refuge. And the Greek word that's actually used here is penthuntis. I think I'm saying that right. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I just need to be sure about that. So just a reminder again there that it's an absolutely necessary and essential part of our walk with God to share our grief with him and to not walk Mm -hmm. that piece away and refuse to give it to him because he's more than acquainted with grief. Yeah. One thing that we can kind of understand too, is the fact that 
Um, you know, as human beings, we experience sadness, we experience grief, um, especially as believers, we know that this is not all there is, you know, we know that this world is temporary, we know that everything is slowly passing away, we know that, you know, one day Jesus will return and the world will be made new again. But even still, you know, because we are living in the here and now, and those things are, you know, in the already not yet is what we call it. Mm -hmm. We still experience those things here and now, you know, even though we know what's going to happen in the future, we still experience sadness in this world. We still experience grief and mourning, um, even though we know at the end of the day that Jesus holds the victory and that there is a happy ending, you know? So I think it's just part of the human experience. It's part of suffering, you know, as a human being, as a Christian, um, just seeing this world and having our heart break for what breaks the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously God is sovereign and powerful and is in control. And at the end of the day, you know, we'll make all things new again. You know, that doesn't mean that he isn't kind and good and that his heart doesn't break for, um, you know, this world for the sin of this world, as much as um, he is also, you know, just in that too. Going off of all of that, we kind of wanted to go into a little bit of like an application just with everything that we talked about. Cause yes, like we see that we all grieve and that grief and mourning are mentioned in scripture, that these aren't things that are foreign to uh, Jesus or to his word or to his people. But sometimes we are really tempted to believe like Jesus cannot possibly understand the pain that I'm going through right now. Like if he understood and if he was good, this wouldn't be happening. Um, But the truth is that once again, this world is passing away. You know, this world uh, is fallen, is broken. And again, God is sovereign in all things. So he truly is good. He truly is in control. Um, However, things are not made right yet, even though they will be one day. So in that, you know, we will experience suffering in this life. We will experience grief, we'll experience pain, but that doesn't mean that he has abandoned us. That doesn't mean that he can't empathize with our weakness. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 actually uh, opposes this completely and is talking about Jesus as the great high priest. And it says, "Um, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So we can just see through his word that Jesus has experienced everything that we've experienced here on earth. Um, He's experienced, you know, every emotion that we can experience here, uh, yet he did so without sin um, and imperfection. So he truly can't empathize with us just in everything that we go through on this earth, no matter what it is, no matter how hard it is, no matter how big or how small. And that really helps, uh, at least for me, it really helps increase and strengthen my trust in him mm-hmm. because it's not that he's allowing he's allowing something to be inflicted upon me that he himself has not experienced. He experienced the worst pain in the world. Jesus bore the weight of sin and the wrath of God on top of it, all the mourning and the loss that he experienced when like even when Peter denied him, when Judas betrayed him, there's so many times you'll see Jesus being wronged. Just over and over again and 
despite the deepest betrayal, which might feel like what you're going through, if something was taken away from you, if you might feel like betrayed by God because he allowed something to happen, or even he didn't allow something to happen that you really, really wanted, it can kind of feel like betrayal, but just a reminder that there's nothing purposeless in what God allows, because even we see that in Job, but we don't always understand exactly why everything happened to him, but we still see that God, the main point of everything that went on in Job's life and the loss he experienced was to prove that God is who he says he is, that he's the almighty, he's powerful, and he's the living God. And that the Mm -hmm. living God hears our prayers, hears our cries, and is right there in the moment with us. And that is so much more transformative and more helpful than anything else you're going to hear, like journal it out, like go for a run (laughs) or talk to a loved one. That's just more profound and transcendent upon everything else that you're going to hear from culture and from the world about how you should handle dark periods in your life. Because knowing that the living God who has the power to move mountains, who created the world, is acquainted with what you're going through is just, it's just so profound for me when I've had like my deepest heartbreak in life. That was one of the only things that comforted me to kind of envision myself in God's arms, just knowing that he's got this. And I have no idea why he's letting me experience this, but that I'm going to get through it, no matter how painful it's going to be, that it's not going to be purposelessness. I'm going to be able to look back and see the fruit and the growth that he's made in my life because of allowing me to go through something pretty hard. So it's just a reminder for us to reflect and ask ourselves how we tend to handle grief. And not to beat ourselves down if we have handled it poorly in the past, but just to look back and see ways that we can improve and deal more healthily with what we're going through and remember where our grief leads us normally, but then where it should lead us. It should lead us back to Christ, back to the foot of the cross and a reminder that he's going to make all things new and that this this pain is not forever. There are times that are going to be really dark that we're going to want to blame God, but he really wants the grief and loss and the pain to cause us to come running back to him. And that might be sometimes the point of it all is that a really hard time in your life is going to be like the trigger that will cause you to turn back to him. So yeah, just a reminder to be reflecting on those periods in life and asking ourselves how we can improve upon those things and how we can grow in our relationship with God, even when things are really, really hard. Yeah. I think just remembering too that in everything, God works it out for our good. Um, like even in the story of Job at the end of the book, we see that God, you know, restored everything that Job lost, um, tenfold. So, um, and that doesn't always mean like he'll restore everything material, materialistically, but, um, just the fact that, his faithfulness is evident, you know, his goodness is evident, his kindness, his compassion, his care for us. Um, I think it's important to remember that God is, is for us, you know, as believers who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can run to him as our heavenly father and find refuge in him in every dark time in our life. And even I think Ruth another is another really cool example of what you just explained that seeing somebody restored to everything that they lost and just have a completely new life. That's just a mini picture, like the smallest of pictures of what God is going to do. Completely make all things new, rectify all things to to himself and create new heavens and the earth. And so even as powerful those stories are, they're just like a completely small glimpse 
of what's to come that as Christians, we don't grieve without hope. We don't mourn without hope. We mourn knowing that God is bringing something greater and beautiful. It's not a waste. That grief isn't a waste. Um, well, I guess we will leave it at that. I will say if there is something that um, you guys are going through or that um, you're currently grieving, we would love to be able to pray uh, for you on that. So you can always send us a DM on Instagram or email us um, at cedarandcypresspod at gmail.com. Um, just prayer requests. If you want prayer for anything, if you want advice for anything, um, you know, we would love to just kind of come alongside anyone who's walking in grief or mourning at this time and just kind of uh, help in any way we can pray with you, pray for you. Uh, we would absolutely love to do that. So definitely send us a message if you'd like. And next time we're actually going to kind of talk about something, um, not necessarily grief, loss and mourning, um, but kind of re- just related to like the human experience and something that a lot of people experience um, in suffering in the human condition, which is mental health. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about mental health and how um, not only just that affects us, but how that has been um, kind of represented or approached in the church. Um, some ways good, some ways bad. We're going to talk about it all as usual. <laughs> Might get a little controversial, but <laughs> so um, yeah, so definitely join us next time. Like I said, send us a message if you'd like. Uh, prayer for anything, we would love to pray for you. And we will see you guys next time.